Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Uh, again, before I get into the show, uh, if you're not, follow me on Twitter at MikePatton82. Uh, or if you haven't already, subscribe to the show, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever that may be. And of course, you can rank the show on Spotify and you can rank and review the show on Apple podcast. This episode, we round out the AFC South look-ins with talking about the Indianapolis Colts. You know, they have had their rookie camps, OTAs, got started, and we're going to talk to Sports Illustrated Horseshoe Huddles, Jake Arthur about them and see what all is going down and what could be. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about the get off your chest segment. Yes, yes, we have another one for this episode. And we're going to talk about a word that begins with R. No, we're not talking about a restructure of a contract. No, we're not talking about someone getting released. We're talking about retirement. Now, This week, there have been a few players that have just announced that they're done. It's over. They don't want any more on the football field. One, notably, is Alex Mack from the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, he has played the Cleveland uh, Browns, also the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Yes, he announced his retirement. It it was rumored that he was going to do so. He actually restructured his deal to uh, free up $4 million in cap for the 49ers before he actually retired. So... Um, the writing was pretty much on the wall when he did that, uh, apparently to, uh, insiders and, uh, you know, reporters around the team. Uh, but you're noticing now that players aren't playing quite as long as they used to play. I mean, there's a few players played like six years, five years, decide they're retiring. There's a few players that have played about 12, 13, 14, 15 years, try to at least. And there are other players that quit playing or aren't picked up by a team, wait a few years, and then they retire. Uh, <clears throat> now, another player that did retire uh, this week is also Frank Gore. He signed a one-day contract with the San Francisco 49ers, the original team that drafted him, uh, so that he could retire as a 49er. Um, you know, just uh, like I just spoke on Frank Gore's career, which his career was a long career that no one really expected to be as long as it was because of the ACL injuries he had in college. But, you know, there's careers like that, and there's careers like Alex Mack, Alex Mack, and there's other careers that don't even last maybe six years, and then they retire. One thing I, I, I want everyone to understand is it's always on their time. What I mean by that is, Players don't retire when you want them to retire. You may not think they're any good. You may think they're just 
wasting a, a, a space on, on the roster, but they retire on their time. It's their career. It's their bodies. We often don't know what all is going on with their bodies. They could be playing through pain. And who knows, many players could be playing through plenty of pain throughout their entire career. Yet we don't know it because they don't say anything. Eventually, there comes a time when football is not the most important thing for them. They have lives, families, aspirations outside of football that can take over and become more. And then also, you got to think of the quality of life after you play. You don't want to continue to play and then all of a sudden, you know, and you get 40 and you can't move quite as much. Your knees lock up. You, you, you know, you, you need a wheelchair or a cane to help you around. Those are things and realities that football players, especially that make it to the professional level, face. You see people doing this. I mean, for example, you have Earl Campbell, Kenny Mark. You know, those different things, you know, especially, you know, talking about uh, CTE and brain injuries, those factor into when players want to retire. But I only ask that fans that don't understand when players will suddenly retire or, or, you know, or those different type of circumstances, let them have their moment. They know their bodies better than we do. They know their brains better than we do. They know when they've given all they've got to give, and it's over. I congratulate all those that are able to retire on their own accord and not being forced into retiring. And I wish all of them well in their future endeavors. Uh, you know, definitely retirement is definitely a, a tough decision, not only uh, probably for the team to see because, you know, sometimes they don't expect it, but also from a player perspective because some players just honestly don't see these days coming. They think they can play forever, but that's just not possible. Eventually, an end date will come. Just like uh, Damon Dash, it's, um, you know, you have a beginning of it, you have an end of it. Life, as far as football, is the dash. That's been our my Get It Off Your Chest segment for this episode. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And up next, after the commercial break, we will have Jake Arthur, Sports Illustrated Horseshoe Huddles, Jake Arthur, on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be right back. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, 
Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And last, but certainly not least, we do have to talk about those Indianapolis Colts. The thorns in the side of the Tennessee Titans. But no, 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 just really a, a solid team and a solid organization. Um, and bringing in, uh, of course, I'm bringing in someone that, that has eyes on the team and someone that actually gives great opinions on the team as well, as well as great insight. Uh, that would be Mr. Jake Arthur from Sports, Sports Illustrated's Horseshoe Huddle. How you doing? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, now, of course, you know, I'm going to dive right in. You know, of course, the rookies, mm. they, yeah. they showed up. They've been there for a little bit now. Um, what can you tell me about Mr. Alec Pierce? I mean, you know, didn't necessarily expect him to go there. Uh, what were your thoughts when they first picked him up? Yeah, so looking at some of the Colts targets, you know, the, what positions they were going to need and some of the guys who might fit them best, Pierce was honestly kind of in that group. There was a few guys that really fit them well on day two. Uh, the fact that they were able to trade back, I think, 11 spots and still get him at 53, uh, that was a really nice move for them. It, it gained more value for him, and they got an extra pick out of it. Um, but no, Pierce fits what they like in a receiver really well. You know, he's he's a tall guy, very athletic. Uh, his relative athletic score, Raz score, was, was really high. Uh, he specializes in contested catches and stretching the field. And that's exactly what they needed opposite of, of Michael Pittman. Uh, you know, they, they expect Pittman to kind of be that top dog X receiver. And then you have, you have uh, Pierce hopefully filling that role on the other side. Um, he, he just fits really well. Um, I know a lot of people are down on the Colts receiving core and rightfully so, because they have a bunch of unproven guys. Uh, but they they do have guys there with um, with potential. So they I don't think they feel like they need to rush Pierce into it right away. They do have some guys like uh, Ashton Doolin and Desmond Patman uh, that, that they feel they can kind of bring along until Pierce is ready. Uh, but no, he, he fits them really well. And I, I thought uh, where they got him was especially good value. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, you know, that height, you know, you're going to have two taller receivers now. You don't mm -hmm. really have a smaller guy because, you know, T.I.'s unsigned. I mean, T.Y., yeah. I'm sorry, T.Y. Hilton's unsigned and Zach Pascal went to the Eagles. So, you know, yeah. a lot bigger guys that eventually they want to have as your one and your two. Um, yeah. Moving on to um, another position that I, I felt like they got great value at. And the guy that, uh, speaking of uh, – um, you know, a, a rival in the division, uh, the Tennessee Titans, Teron Davenport had him on his podcast and show uh, talking with TD, that being Mr. Jelani Woods. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he is a mammoth of a man at tight end. Yeah. Six, seven, six, eight. Yep, six, seven, I think. And yep. he can move. What did you think of his addition, you know, given that he drafted a tight end last year in uh, Colin Granson in the fourth round, you signed back Molly Cox, you got another tight end there, and then you add Jelani Woods. So what 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 did you think of that addition to the to the offense? 
Yeah, so a- after they added Pierce, that's someone who a lot of us had our eyes on as someone who fit them really well. And arguably the tight end who fit them best was Jelani Woods. And so after they got those guys in, in their their first two picks, you kind of thought this draft class might might be might be up up to something. He just he's such a Colts player. <laughs> like he's exactly what they're looking for. Again, like with Pierce, like he says, like six seven, about two fifty. I think they I think they said they wanted to play about two fifty five, two sixty. Um, very athletic. Uh, he you know you guys have, have seen firsthand what they have in Mo Alley Cox. Uh, big guy, he can kind of stretch the field and win some contested catches. Jelani Woods seems like a souped-up version of Mo Ali Cox, who already has a football background. Because uh, Cox was, you know, the basketball player, but they love this kid. That he might be their favorite pick in the whole draft. Just re- reading the tea leaves and, and just kind of picking up on what they they've been saying, they absolutely love him. Uh, tight ends don't often contribute early as as rookies. But I very much think he's going to have a role. Uh, they drafted Kylan Granson, you know, mid rounds last year. But I really wouldn't be shocked if if Woods is the tight end too by year's end. Um, there's just so much they can do with him uh, from from the few practices I've seen so far. Uh, you know, they've had two OTA practices that have been open, and then of course, sorry, could you sorry, say that? Apple Watch is speaking up. Um, the uh, o- OTA practices and then the rookie minicamp. He just looks the part, man. He's he's huge. You know, he has some concentration drops every now and then, but when he's in the zone, the ball just goes up and dies in his hands. Like, he's got huge hands. He's just going to be such a weapon if he reaches his potential. There, it's it's very easy to see what they fell in love with with him. Uh, he, he has a quarterback's background. That's, that's what he was originally at Oklahoma State. Uh, after he got drafted, he told us a story about you know, the, the scout team at Oklahoma State, they had him emulating Mark Andrews the week they were going to play Oklahoma. And then the rest is history because I guess he just dominated practice. And then they're like, all right, he's got to be a tight end now. That's where his value is. <laughs> and then uh, his coaches at, at Virginia last year gave the Colts scouting department a heads up to come check him out. And they, they've been on him ever since. So they love everything about him. Nice, nice. Well, he's definitely going to be a a pain in the, in the side of of everyone that sees him eventually, more than likely. Um, Let's hope so. Another, another guy that actually fit a need was Bernard Raymond. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drafted him. Uh, I can't remember where they drafted him out of, but um, they they you know they let go of Eric Fisher. They needed another um, another offensive lineman, another guy you can build with. You know, do you think Raymond is the man to actually eventually start at that at that offensive tackle position, or do they have other plans, or you think the other plans are in, in play? Yes, I think that's plan A is is to get Ryman starting at left tackle for for the long term. Really, the only knock on him at the tackle position going into the league was like he's got shorter arms than than usual. The Colts normally have a 33-inch arm length threshold for tackles, and his is 32 and 7-8, so it's 33, basically. Uh, plus, they've, they've seen, you know, Braden Smith has shorter arms for an offensive tackle, and he's one of the better right tackles in the league. So that's been people's main concern about him being a tackle, but they, they're they going to give him every, every fair shake at earning that spot. 
Uh, now Matt Pryor is going to start the season as the left tackle, or, or he's at least going to go into camp as the left tackle. Uh, but but Ryman's in that competition. Uh, I I think they would like to see him win it long term. Uh, if he were if he was to get it this season, they'd probably kick Pryor into right guard. Uh, if I had to guess. Um, but no, I, I think that's definitely plan A. Uh, we did ask Chris Ballard after the draft if that's what they envisioned. And he basically just said they'll they'll get the best five offensive linemen on the field regardless. So outside of left tackle, the other position that's really up for grabs is right guard, uh, like I mentioned. So I don't know how much Ryman's going to see the field as a rookie because, uh, I mean, like I said, Matt Pryor is supposed to be the left tackle entering the season, and Danny Pinter is going to get the first shake at right guard. So I don't think they're in any big rush to get Ryman on the field, but their long-term hope is that he does become the left tackle. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you definitely had to get somebody in there because, you know, I, yeah. I, I have to say Eric Fisher just wasn't the guy. He wasn't. The right. guy. You, yeah, you, you saw you saw it multiple times. It just didn't work out well. He 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 did run blocking alongside Quentin Nelson really well. But asking him to go up against a, a premier pass rusher was just not good. It, it had them, had them looking for the long term answer pretty quick. All right. Well, speaking of. Uh, you know, premier pass rushers and, uh, of course, free agency and trades. The Indianapolis Colts went and traded for them a pass rusher, Mr. Yannick uh, Ngakwe from the Oakland Raiders. They sent Rocky Sin, which is one of their better corners, to yeah. the Raiders. But, however, they did bring in a pass rusher. How vital was that pickup for the Colts? That's huge. I mean, any Colts fan knows exactly what Ngakwe could do because he's terrorized the Colts. I think he's played the Colts with every single team he's been with since Jacksonville, and he always makes a play. I think he has a sack in pretty much every game he's played against the Colts. Uh, but they've they've just needed that top dog, consistent pass rusher ever since Robert Mathis retired. Now, Quiddy Pay, that's the hope for him as well. I mean, he was pretty good as a rookie. And I, I think they envision him being a, a top dog edge rusher. Uh, but they get an immediate fix in an established veteran in Ngakwe right now. Uh, now, he's only got one year left on that deal. So, you know, if it doesn't pan out, they don't have to re-sign him. Um, but, no, they, they see him as being an enormous step in the right direction for that new defense. Uh, he's, of course, played with Gus Bradley before, the Colts' new defensive coordinator uh, with Jacksonville and uh, in the, the Raiders. So lots of familiarity there. It's it's someone they can plug in and don't have to usher into the new defense. He already knows what he's doing. So um, he, he's been one of the NFL's most consistent pass rushers ever since he's been in the league. So it's a very, it's a very big addition for them. Now getting rid of Yasin, that was big too. Um, he's pretty polarizing around here because he had a solid rookie season uh, really down second season. Both seasons had had a lot of penalties mixed in there, but he was really, really good last year. Uh, the Raiders are getting a really solid corner. He just doesn't have the name recognition, but he's he really turned it around in year three, uh, which is about the time young corners really hit their stride. So that's a loss for them. Uh, but pass rush kind of it's it's higher on the totem pole than corners. Uh, you know, both of those positions 
kind of help each other out. But, you know, the hope is they don't have to blitz much. They can get home to the quarterback with four four defensive linemen. So they were willing to risk that. If you get a premier pass rusher, you kind of can give up dang near anyone anytime for that. So it, it probably was an easy decision for them. Well, you know, they did lose Rocky Sin, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. but they did pick up former shutdown corner veteran Stephon Gilmore. Now, I say former shutdown as no disrespect to Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. I know he has been a shutdown corner during his career, but in the last couple of years, he's had a couple injuries. He's had an injury and kind of yeah. hasn't been the same exact guy. However, he has showed glimpses of being that guy again. Now, mm. um, you all have tried a, a veteran corner before. Now you're bringing in another one. So what do you think of his prospects in, in, in terms of that defense? Yeah, they, they could really use the boost from him. Uh, they've, they've got some decent young corners there on the roster already, but having Gilmore at full strength, that's, you know, that's just a different animal. Now his, his defensive player of the year season was 2019. So we're a couple of years removed from that. Uh, but he was playing good ball for the Panthers while he was actually on the field, but he just had a lot of, of bumps. You know, he had that, he's either a quad or calf injury, one, one of those. Um, but he's actually, he's not at full speed quite yet. Uh, they've been moving him in slowly during OTAs. Uh, he hasn't fully participated quite yet, but he, he's done some 11 on 11 work. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be big for them. Um, that's, I think they're banking on his potential. Um, they, he, they were asked about his medicals and how that checked out and the concerns about injuries and they have no problem with with how his his medical stuff's going. They've been keeping an eye on it all offseason since before they acquired him. So they they have confidence. Um, you know, if, if he doesn't pan out, they did sign Brandon uh, Faison and Isaiah Rogers is a really nice young cornerback. Uh, but they could definitely use that move to pan out, especially combining it with getting Yannick and Gakwe. That's, that's huge. You get a premier pass rusher and a really good, I, I, I don't want to call him a shutdown corner right now. Cause he kind of has to reestablish that, but he's at least a really good corner still. So you get a really good free agent corner and you trade for a premier pass rusher. That's, that's the recipe for an outstanding defense. Definitely is. I mean, you, you put pressure on the quarterback and you have a cornerback that's uh, got a nose for the football and makes things happen. Another mm-hmm. cornerback that makes things happen for the end of that was close. That'd be Mr. Kenny Moore. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Kenny Moore it definitely is a talented cornerback, but there's a little bit of an issue going on there. It hasn't really bubbled up to the core yet, but mm-hmm. Kenny Moore wants a new contract. Now, all indications are, from what I've read, is that the Colts don't intend to pay him right now. So... Could that could we see that bubble over into camp potentially the mini camp and also into uh, training camp as well? That's a good question because I'm going to call this like a, a a soft holdout because number one things are voluntary right now and he is in the building he just hasn't been practicing uh, like the the first OTA practice we got to go out there and see he was out there working on the side of the field. Uh, just wasn't practicing. Now, he wasn't there on Wednesday when we were there. Uh, at least he wasn't out in the open. Um, 
But I mean, at the time he signed his contract, he was they did, I think, make him the highest paid slot defender, or at least one of. So he, you know, he he got a very well deserved payday when he signed it. But now, as you've seen, the cornerback market is kind of blowing up and he now is kind of underpaid. And so that's he's not he's not the kind of guy that kind of puts himself first. Uh, you know, I, I think the sign that he's in the building is it shows a lot. Next week, things get mandatory uh, with the veteran minicamp. So that'll be a huge indicator of how far apart they are. And they, they can do things like uh, convert his some of his money into guaranteed bonuses and things like that. Because, um, of course, players get concerned about, well, well, if I get hurt this year and then I don't get the money from next year, you guys can cut me or whatever. If if they just show of good do a show of good faith for him and convert some of that money into guarantees, do a re, restructure, that could satisfy him. But they they do have some some extensions looming. Quentin Nelson is obviously the big one that's expected to be a huge a huge deal. Uh, Jonathan Taylor the the coming year, you know that'll that'll be one. So they they love Kenny. He's you know he's one of the most beloved people in the building. So I think they intend to do right by him, but you know, he is still under contract for a couple years. So they're probably not in any big rush to get it done, but I, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if they're not trying to come to some sort of agreement or resolution, you know, the, the Falcons a few years back, they, they had Julio Jones coming down to, to a deadline. They're like, you know, if we promise to do a new deal with you after the off season, you know, let's mend this. That could be, that, that could be an option for the Colts and more. Um, but the two sides, this just never looked like something where there could be animosity or any ugliness between the two, but we'll see the, the off season's still young. Right. Right. Speaking of the off season being young, uh, there are some talks. There is some talk. Now I haven't confirmed any of this talk and you just mentioned his name. His quarterback is there, Mr. Matt Ryan, and you know mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to how he looked yet. But um, Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, is there has been some talk of potentially him and Matt Ryan reuniting in Indianapolis? Have you heard any of that around the team? Have you heard any potential you know leaks from players kind of putting information out, or is it just all that all that just basically rumors at this point? I think it's mostly rumors. It's it's easy to tie that situation together because, you know, at the beginning of the offseason, the Colts had a lot of money. They just, you know, they traded for Julio's, you know, most prized quarterback he's had during his career. Uh, they had needs at receiver. Uh, but just from what I've absorbed this offseason, I just don't expect it to happen. Uh, Julio is kind of a couple years removed from looking like his best self and, I, I doubt he'd sign for the amount of money the Colts would be willing to spend because he is an established player that deserves money. But I just don't think that's money that's going to come from the Colts. I just don't expect it to happen. They do really like their receiving core. I, I know a lot of people a- across the league don't because they just don't really know these players. But I do think the Colts legitimately like the receivers they have. And if they're going to bring in a, a veteran, it'll probably be T.Y. Hilton. But that that's that's another one that's kind of a toss-up. All right. Now, of course, you know, I, I couldn't leave any free agency or trade talk without talking about Mr. Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. Mr. Atlanta himself. 
he yeah. uh Atlanta giving him a going away party at the strip club. <laughs> now he didn't go to the party, but they right. had a going away party for him at the strip club in Atlanta. If you don't believe me, just go check it out. Look on social yeah. media. You'll see it. But anyway, that's a very he, Atlanta thing to happen. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> how has he looked? Uh, you know, and how was he, how was the feel you get from Matt Ryan? everything coming from the organization and from what we've seen is just it's total optimism um and now that's that's compared to some of what we've kind of witnessed in the last few years you know the peak of everything of course is andrew luck in 2018 like there there was just rainbows and sunshine everywhere right uh and then you kind of you kind of take a big hit with starting jacoby Brissett in 2019 because he's just very limited as a passer then Philip Rivers comes in, gives him a little hope, but you know at his age, it's probably only going to be a year or two. Carson Wentz was a total roller coaster. Like there were some good moments, I'm not going to lie, but having such a Jekyll and Hyde thing and not knowing what you're getting from week to week, regardless of opponent, is it makes you pull your hair out. The Colts have not talked the, the, how they've talked about Matt Ryan is how they've talked about Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers, you you never heard as much optimism and glowing reviews from Brissett as a passer, although they loved him as a person. Brissett as a passer, um, Carson Wentz, every, everyone knows what comes out about Carson Wentz around here right now is not always positive. <laughs> um, but no, just everything they hoped they were getting in Ryan so far has been coming to light. Now, of course, they haven't, we're not even at training camp yet, but you can see the accuracy and the timing and just how he meshes with receivers. Cause part of, you know, I have been talking about these young receivers. They like a quarterback like Matt Ryan, who's very accurate and shows strong leadership, helps those guys develop. He puts them in the right place, gets put, gives them the ball where it's supposed to be having such a volatile quarterback situation before it's not very good for the development of receivers because th things just aren't, where they're supposed to be right um they love the leadership of ryan you know early in organized team activities when the coaches couldn't be with the players matt ryan was an extension of the coaching staff kind of putting everyone where they needed to be uh kind of taking charge of forming chemistry with with his offense and things like that so they they couldn't be happier with what they've gotten from from matt ryan as a leader and so far as a quarterback um yeah, there's it's just kind of night and day how they how they've talked about guys. So I I think everyone's pretty excited about seeing how the season goes. Well, so there's also two things you don't have to worry about the quarterback position this year. You want to know what those two things are? What's that? <laughs> okay, one thing you don't have to worry about is a quarterback spraining his ankles in one game. That's unheard of, and that guy needs to play the lottery for even being able to do that. Um, yeah, <laughs> second, but thing, Aaron Donald was the defender, so if any defender is going to make it happen, <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And the, the second thing you don't have to worry about is you know, riding the roller coaster as much because Matt Ryan's pretty steady. You know, I yeah. will say this he does have his issues from time to time in fourth quarters, yeah. but mm -hmm. you know, he, he for the most part, he he's more steady than Mr. Carson Wentz, who is now Commander Wentz, leading the Washington Commanders at the space station. Mm. in dc <laughs> yeah. so 
you know, yeah, I like to call the uh, the commander's uh, home field now. It's now called the space station, in my opinion. I like that. I like that. That's a good nickname. So, you know, definitely we got through with free agency, talked about the mm-hmm. rookies. Um, of course, there's only one thing left. That is the game. We've got five questions. It. You've oh, been telling ready. me about it. Let's do it. He is ready. Okay. Now we've got uh choose one. Quiddy Pay, 10 sacks, or Stephon Gilmore, seven picks. Which one do you think has a closer chance of happening? Absolutely Quiddy Pay. Not, not that Gilmore can't do it, but um, Quiddy Pay having a Gawkway opposite of him and DeForest Buckner in the middle, you can't double team everybody. And Pay had was pretty productive uh, disrupting the passer last year. And I don't know that he's going to get 10 sacks. It's probably closer to seven and a half or so, but I think he definitely has the shot at it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now this one, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to think about potentially. Well, not very much, but you know, I'm just throwing something out there. But anyway, uh, Paris Campbell stays healthy for a whole season or uh, Alex, Alec Pierce gets seven touchdowns. Ah, I, <laughs> No, no one, no one is not pulling for Paris to stay healthy because I, I think he could be kind of a game changer for them if he was, but the track record of it is just not there. I think Pierce could do that, um, especially if they have a red zone package where he's heavily involved. His bread and butter is winning 50-50 balls, and the red zone is just the perfect area for him. He's tall, very lengthy. He's competitive at, at the contestant catch. I think that's a lot more likely. I tr- I hope I'm wrong because I want to see Paris play 17 games. Like he he deserves it because he's just got a bad rap about being injured. But it's not it's not like conditioning stuff or soft tissue issues or anything. It's pretty much everything he's suffered through has needed a procedure or some sort of surgery. You know, like Harrison Smith, you know, drills him in the knee. He catches a, a touchdown last year, and the defender falls on his foot. He breaks a hand. Like it's all freak stuff. But I, I hope I'm wrong. I want to see Paris play every game. But Alec Pierce getting getting those seven touchdowns seems more likely. All right, next one, Jonathan Taylor over or under 300 carries. Now he had over 300 carries last year, by the way. Mm-hmm. So over or under 300 carries this this season. Hmm. Yeah, I I'll probably put it right there, right there around. I, I don't I don't think he has to be like a huge bell cow or anything, but I could see three hundred. Um, the amount of running back, the amount of attention they paid to running backs this year, this offseason, uh, kind of makes me feel like they plan on still being run centric with Matt Ryan, then taking advantage of whatever the defense gives them, and you know, being able to to take guys out of the box for Taylor to run. Um, I'd still put it about 300 or so. Like if he's performing well, why would you not keep feeding him? And if, again, if the boxes are lighter, why not? That's true. That's he's he's too good not to give the ball to, you know? That's true. Uh, I often wonder what they're going to do with Naeem Hines. Now I know they signed him to a contract extension. It was a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I honestly wonder, is he going to end up playing more in the slot than he does in the backfield? That's just something to think about. That's uh, there's a lot of talk about that here. Uh, a lot of people think he's going to become the slot receiver. I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to keep his same role. It's just going to be beefed up. 
running backs playing with Carson Wentz have diminished roles. That's just how it is in the passing game. Uh, that's always been the case. And Naheem Hines' history with Andrew Luck, with um, Phillip Rivers, he's a huge part of the offense. And by all indications, that's going to return to the offense this year with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's very willing to throw the ball. You know, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson last year, he's had Devontae Freeman before. Ryan will use the running back in the passing game. Frank Reich has already said, be on the lookout for this. Matt Ryan has already said he loves what night. So he'll have that same role, but I do think to get him and Taylor on the field at the same time, you will see Hines lining up, you know, outside slot, whatever. And he has been doing position drills with both the receivers and running back. So I going to involve him lining up all over the place. All right. Next question. Matt Ryan, 30 touchdowns or 4,000 yards passing? I think he'll probably hit both, but 4,000 is almost a certainty. Um, I just think it's a lot easier nowadays in the NFL. And I don't, I just don't see how he doesn't get there. Uh, He's, he's hit 4,000 pretty much most years of his career. And fell just short last year without Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, so I th- I think it's it's almost a lock that he hits four thousand. All right, and the last one, Colts defense. Do you think they finish in the top ten or the top twenty? Oh, 10. Yeah, I think it'd be a big disappointment if they weren't top ten, uh, especially with the resources they've spent this off season. Uh, new coaching staff with Gus Bradley, who he's had whether it's uh, points allowed or, or yards allowed, he's had some top 10 units. You got three really good pass rushers all along the line. You've got an all pro at linebacker. You've got a former defensive player of the year at corner. Kenny Moore's a pro bowler. You've got a really deep group of safeties. There's really no reason they shouldn't be a top 10 defense. They, they've already been floating around that area you know, top nine to top 12 for the last few years. So them not being top 10 this year really would be a step back. Mm. Well, you, you're officially out, out of the game. I feel, I feel like you, you may have aced it. <laughs> okay, good. I, I, I felt I had nice answers for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for giving us, uh, giving us uh, an update on the Indianapolis Colts. We'll probably visit back uh, maybe around camp or beginning of the yep. season, perhaps. Uh, if you want to give out your information uh, mm-hmm. where people can find you on social media and also where they can find your work. Yeah. So my work is on horseshoehuddle.com. Uh, that's Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation's Indianapolis Colts website. Uh, I'm on, I got my work all over Facebook and Twitter as well at Jake Arthur NFL. And it's pretty much it for now, man. I'm uh, trying to be trying to be as productive as I can. So I'm, I'm turning something out pretty regularly. So would very much appreciate you guys uh, coming along for the ride. A quick question I got for you. Are you doing the podcast still? Is that still going on? Uh, not the one previously. We've kind of got some some things in the works. So th- there will be more coming down the pike on that soon. But can't can't quite give details just yet. Ah, double secret information. Gotcha. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. You've been uh, tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.